Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to talk to one of my buddies I haven't seen in ages, Coach Jay at Columbus State. Welcome, Coach. Ah, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's been too long, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a different Columbus, Ohio. My dad taught at a different Columbus State, which was a community college. So we're talking Columbus, Georgia, for for those who don't know what we're talking about. Um and you and I met a long time ago when you were at Tampa, and and you've just had a tremendous run there at Columbus State. I mean, just so many uh, NCAA tournament appearances, and Natty, you guys are just amazing things going on there. So I'm I'm fun, I'm really excited to talk to you, see see what people can learn about the recruiting process, about your school, and everything else. So one of the things you and I were just talking about, we both got your daughter's one year older than mine, but but kind of going through the same process, and we're. We're a week after the old June 15th deadline or, or, or starting gun for, for you guys. And so were you rushing to pick up a phone and call uh, all these all these rising? Did you have a pool of people you wanted to talk to? Or what's kind of your recruiting calendar? When do you start really focusing and trying to pull people in? Yeah, no, great question, man. I, I think the important thing for all of the uh, – players out there is just because you don't get a call on June 15th doesn't mean things are not going to work out. But um, no, we, we, we take a little bit different approach. Um, we, we know that uh, the, the recruiting landscape is massive and we know that uh, a, a lot of the division one schools have uh, a little bit more ease to communicate with players because they've got four and five coaches calling, you know, uh, whereas my staff, it's, it's really myself, uh, coach Joe, my assistant. Uh, I do have a grad assistant, but unfortunately she just graduated and she's looking for another job. So really a, a big part of it fell on um, coach Joe and myself, but really honestly, coach Joe was really good about uh, picking up the phone and communicating and, um, just trying to, you know, plant seeds because we know that uh, for a lot of these young ladies, um, and, and I can only talk about ladies because uh, that, that's the world we live in. Um, uh, but yeah, a, a lot of them um, are going to get recruited by big schools and they've got a lot more resources than we do. We're a division two university. Uh, we like to say we're a medium sized school, uh, but we don't have uh, th this ridiculous amount of money. And uh Nowadays, uh, I think one of the issues with the amount of money that us as parents spend on our own children playing ECNL or, or GA or ECNLR uh, or whatever league that, that these kids play in, we're, we're spending an exorbitant amount of money in hopes that we get a return on our investment. So it, it's tricky, Matt. It's tricky. 
Yeah, well, for sure. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, the alphabet super leagues and I know you, you're getting ready to, to head off. So you, your daughter's got a tournament or, you know, or ECNL event, uh, soon. So do you, as a coach, do you care about those letters? Do you, what, you know, what, what events are you spending most of your time at? Where are you looking for players? What's that look like? You know, probably probably for us here at Columbus State, it's it's we're more of a regional based school. So a good majority of the players that come to us are from kind of like the southeast. So uh, but honestly, Matt, if you look at our roster of, say, 28 players, um, we, we have the entire alphabet soup, as you'd call it. Uh, we have ECNL players. We have ECNL R players. We have GA players. We have state level players. Years we, uh, I mean, the list goes on, and uh, it's almost one of those things where um, we, as a staff, have realized that it, it's no bearing as to what letters follow your name. Um, heck, this last year, I think we had four All Americans. Uh, one was uh, an ECNLR player. One was like a state league player. Um, Another one, I'm trying to think, she was ECNL. And then our last one was an international. Um, so in the end, you had four different leagues represented. And uh, we at Columbus State, and I know there's, there's many, many schools out there that don't care about what alphabet you're playing in, as long as you're playing at a high level and you're getting minutes. And I think if, if I could share any sort of feedback with players it's um you know it's so much better to be on a team where you're playing consistently versus maybe going to the number one team in the state but you're only getting five minutes a game and so we we here at our university we we will never ever say to a kid you know the team you're playing on is is not very good you you got to go play at a higher level um we never say that um we say listen if um, you're getting 90 minutes and you're having to go to the proving ground every day and compete, man, we're happy that you're getting minutes. It's awesome. Yeah, no, yes. I, I love that. Well, you mentioned international, uh, international player, you, you know, I, I've, I've interviewed a lot of division two schools, both men's and women's, and obviously it's a little different on the men's side, but international tends to be a heavy focus really, even on the division two level, but you guys only have a couple. It's really not. And so does international recruiting, play a role at all and also what about transfer portal is that becoming a bigger thing in your world now as well yeah i, I think matt one of, one of the things like i look at our roster i think we have two maybe three international players tops um one of them i don't even consider an international she played down your way at img right um and so uh with all the coaching courses i've done down at img and meeting a bunch of you all down there um I've become pretty good buddies with IMG staff and, and we found a really good player uh, via uh, Newcastle slash Dubai, <laughs> <laughs> but, but she spent two years at IMG and came to us. Um, our other international Maria was from Norway and um, honestly didn't really have any sort of connections, but uh, we saw some game tape and liked her. Um, she graduated, which freed up some money some international money that we had. And we ended up signing 
a U20 Colombian player uh, coming in this fall. So we're really excited about her. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, a lot of our players are, are kind of what I consider almost like a homegrown player coming out of high school. They're, um, we've got, I think, seven, in no, six incoming freshmen that all played, uh, whether it be regionally and ECNL, ECNLR, um, you know, state leagues, um, national leagues, so to speak. Um, we, we do have a transfer. We actually have two transfers coming in. Um, so the transfer portal is important. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the end all be all, but um, we have a very unique situation. And the young lady who played for us as a freshman left after her freshman year, um, went to a school on the West Coast because it's where her family retired to. And she missed Georgia. So she's moving back. So that's one of our transfers. The other was a young lady who, uh, because I worked for U.S. Soccer, was doing some youth national training centers. She was one of our training center kids, went to the university, um, wasn't really getting the minutes she wanted. And we were in, we graduated a goalkeeper, so she's coming to us. So I don't know, Matt, it's, um, I, I guess if you're looking at percentages, uh, we've got, I think, nine new players coming in. Uh, six are American incoming freshmen. Uh, one is an international. And then we have uh, our two transfers. So, you know, I think for the most part on the women's side, we still feel that getting freshmen here at Columbus State that have played regionally, we really like those kids because we we can develop them over time and groom them. Um, on the men's side, I don't know, brother. It's uh, my, my son. I have a, a senior, rising senior, and I think he's pretty darn talented, but he's not getting a sniff anywhere. I mean, I, I feel like the men's game has gone completely international, and uh, I hate it because he's got a lot of talent, and uh, he's just not getting many bites, you yeah. know. Hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's a changing world out there, right? Yeah. Well, and and one of the changes that we've seen, I think, over the past maybe ten years or so, is just the proliferation of ID camps, right? And ID clinics being a big part of it. So, do you guys have your own cl ID clinics? Do you and your staff work other people's? How does that fit into your recruiting process? Yeah, I, I think Matt. One of the things that maybe that is a little bit different here at Columbus State, where uh, because we're a, a medium-sized university. Um, we do everything we can to limit the amount of kids that come to our ID camp. Um, we have one field. Uh, we want to make sure our staff is here and watching every single kid. Uh, and so we, we limit it to, to 40 kids, no more than 40. And my entire staff is here and we learn every kid's name and we know, we know um, our staff, not, not me, but our, our, our younger staff, they, they do go out to other ID camps. And I think it's super important. And they have found kids at other ID camps. But you know, the one thing, Matt, is some, some of these camps are that they're asking a considerable amount of money for your kid to come. And, and they're also inviting close to 200 kids. And so to me, I, I'm not sure that I would really consider that an ID camp per se. Um, a big part of that is, is how much money can they make? And so just being honest, I think, and I want to be careful my own daughter, who's a rising junior, um, you know, I want to make sure if I send her to an ID camp that she actually is a human being and being considered for that program versus, you know, going on, you know, the field in the pasture 
you know, two miles off campus. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think a lot of that happens. I just, I, I'm going to make sure that uh, I, my money is well spent, so to speak. And I want to make sure she gets considered because again, um, with, with the money that we pay for our children to play and travel soccer, um, adding on to that, these ID camps are getting absurd. They're, they're getting very, very high priced. And so we here at Columbus State have, have kept our costs down. Um, we, we don't charge, uh, you know, $500 for one day. I, I think that's absurd. And, um, but, and we only offer two, you know, we're not doing it every week. We, yeah. we do one in the summer, one in the winter, and we hope the kids can, can find the time if they're interested to come down. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great. Yeah, I got lucky. Matt, Matt, my daughter went to uh, St. Leo a couple weeks ago, 33 kids. It was great. Uh, oh, that's uh, awesome. So, yeah. That's great. Well, let, let's talk a little bit more about the school. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's folks out there not, maybe not familiar with Columbus state. You've been there a couple few years at this point. Uh, so, you know, kind of give me some, some great things about the school, some things you love the most, uh, maybe some stuff we wouldn't even learn by, by going through the website. Yeah, you know, Matt, I've been here 20 years, um, and, and it's been, you know, uh, I'd like to say it's been all roses, but but for sure it's not. I mean, there are some things that we have to work on. We've, um, you know, we've been fighting the school on getting ourselves uh, our own athletic weight room. So that's something that uh, is being uh, built right now. We've got the flooring down. We've ordered all the equipment. Um, so that's one thing uh, we've had to share a weight room for the last couple of years with all the students on campus. So finally getting our own weight room. Um, Columbus, Georgia is located, um, and, and I have to make sure I reference this, it's now called Fort Moore. Uh, it used to be called Fort Benning, Georgia. It's one of the largest military bases in, in, in the country, but it's now um, Fort Moore. So we are... Um, kind of one of those situations where we we love where we're at. Uh, we're an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Um, we are, are blessed to uh, have a, a, a wonderful university with a plethora of, of academic majors that, that our kids can kind of take. Um, you know, one thing you might not read on the internet is um, the women's soccer team just had the highest GPA of all the sports on campus. So um, our overall GPA was a 3.73. And so super, super proud of our young ladies. And, um, you know, these are young ladies that are studying, you know, nursing, um, engineering, uh, pre-law. So it's, uh, it's not like we're all here taking these easy, easy classes. So it's been, uh, it's been a good run academically for us. Um, you know, we, this past season, we had a successful year and, trying to get ourselves to the national championship. We, you know, won the conference again, um, won a couple rounds in the NCAA tournament. So it's, uh, it's nice. We ended up uh, beating West Florida in the elite eight to go to the final four. And we we're actually down three, one with 17 to play. So that was pretty exciting and uh, ran into a tough Western Washington team out West. Um, and uh, yeah, lost in the semis, but uh got a nice group returning and uh you know overall i feel like one of the things that we we make sure that we do everything we can is to develop kids um we know when kids get here uh they're not five star players meaning that they have all five tools right and so 
we pride ourselves on if a kid is willing to work hard and reciprocate, uh, we want to help them with the qualities that they're missing. So uh, that's kind of our, our bread and butter here. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, let's fast forward to uh, this upcoming fall season. Uh, can you just walk me quickly through what a typical week looks like in terms of when our classes, practice, meals, travel, game cadence, all that? What's that look like for you all? Yeah, you know, um, I, that, that question comes up a lot with our recruits. Um, we are a an afternoon training team. So, <laughs> you know, one of those, uh, I, I always tell people, you know, a lot of these coaches want to train at 6 a.m. And, and I go, listen, let me look at your schedule. Do you play games at 6 a.m.? No. So uh, we're a three to five in the afternoon. A lot of our kids are in uh, from eight o'clock all the way to about 2.45. So we practice three to five. Um, we are uh, a, another team that uh, every now and then um, we're going to train at night under the lights if we have a night game. So we kind of prep our kids. Um, you know, we, uh, we typically will play two games a week. Um, right now, it's almost like on a Wednesday, Saturday schedule. Every now and then we'll go Friday, Sunday. Um, we are also a, a team that I believe in academics, so I try my best not to stay overnight if we don't have to. So, Matt, we're, 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 we're going to the game, we play, we turn around and come home. So we do everything we can not to miss school, which um, I, I find very unique at the Division One level. There's a lot of programs that are going, you know, not one, but two days early to get their athletes there and they're missing classes. And, uh, you know, to me, um, I think it's super important for our kids to be in school. So, um, but yeah, overall, um, you know, our kids are, uh, you know, do a really nice job in the classroom and uh, they compete, you know, on the field. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that, that we really try and find a, a life and balance at the division two level. No, I love that. Well, you mentioned earlier roster of about 28. Is that kind of your ideal size that you're trying to hit each year? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's kind of one of those things where we don't we don't punish kids, Matt, if they miss practice for for classes. And we have a lot of nursing majors that may miss a couple of practices. So we want to make sure we can go uh, what we call 11s, you know, and play 11 by 11 in training. And, uh, you know, oftentimes we might be missing four or five kids uh, each day in, in practice. So uh, we typically will have three to four goalkeepers and you know, 20, about 24, 25 field players. Um, now, even within that 24, 25 field players, we also have injuries. So uh, we've taken, uh, you know, one or two injuries a year. So that's a part of life. So, you know, typically on any given day, we'll, we'll have 22 healthy bodies and, and we can at least play 11 by 11 at practice. Oh, that makes sense. Well, you talked about your staff earlier, but how would you describe kind of just your style of coaching and the team style of play? Um, you know, we attack a lot, Matt. I, you know, people ask me all the time, like, hey, can you send me a session on defending? And I'm like, eh, we don't have any. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> we, we, we love the ball. Um, we play out of a 3-6-1 right now. And, uh, you know, we're very top heavy in the central midfield. And uh, we have a lot of interchanging of players. Uh, we've got really good wingers. So we're, um, we try and build through our midfield. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing for us is we want to play out of the back. We don't want to punt. We don't want to go long on, on goal kicks. Um, 
we want to build. We want to keep the ball on the ground. We're, we're not very direct at all. We're probably the weakest part of our games are heading. So, um, it, you know, we've got footballers and, and they can, they're brave at every position, even our goalkeepers. So uh, ultimately that's kind of our style. And um, those are the kids that we look for that can solve pressure through dribbling, through passing. Um, they don't panic. Um, and, and, you know, I'll be going out to San Diego in two days and, that's kind of what I'll be looking for every time I go out. You know, we're we're not the team that wants these big, huge, strong athletes that can't trap a ball, they can't pass a ball, and but they'll run over you. Like we don't like that. I, I want kids that can play soccer. You know. Yeah, for sure. Well, you mentioned you know things that you're looking for. So, so besides just the ability to 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 play right and, and keep at it what what else is it that you're looking for in a player whether it's it's on the field or off the field stuff yeah you know a big, big thing is um recoverability uh we, we talk about that a lot within our program and you know when kids make mistakes don't put your head down you know what 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 is your behavior you know one to two seconds after a mistake happens and uh i talk to my own children about it a lot and uh my son's going through this phase where he'll, he'll make a bad pass and right away his head goes down and I said listen that's that's not good uh you know behavior right after a mistake and so we talk about that we talk about not giving up and you know sure as heck if we go down 3-1 with 17 to play against West Florida our kids didn't give up and they fought back and we end up winning 4-3 we didn't even have, we didn't even go to overtime and so uh you know those are those are some key things and you know nowadays with social media you know we're uh, our assistant coach is not me because I'm a dinosaur, but our assistants are on the internet. You know, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram and uh, Snapchat. And so if we see kids that are not modeling good behavior, um, we don't recruit them. That. I mean, I hate to say it, it's God's honest truth. And we've stopped recruiting several kids because of their TikTok videos or uh, you know, their behavior on Instagram and, you know, the old red solo cups. <laughs> I don't think kids realize like, you know, you and I were their age once and we know <laughs> we, we don't really drink water out of a red solo cup, you know? So, but, but kids don't, they, they think that we're, we're dumb. They think we don't realize, you know, what, what's in a picture. Pictures can say a thousand words, man, you know? Absolutely. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate all the time and, and all the things we've talked about. I want to I want to leave you with one last question, though, for any parent, player, family going through this college recruiting process. If you had one piece of advice, one nugget to leave them with, what would that be? Well, I think what I'm learning as a parent is sometimes, uh, you know, having children that play, I'm learning that the return on your investment is not always the exact same or uh, you're going to benefit from it. So, um, I, you know, I have conversations with my wife all the time. Like I'm, I'm, I, I see so much joy in, in going with my children to these events all over the country and spending time with them and how sports teaches such great lessons. And uh, I know all of us as parents go, well, if I spend, you know, $4,000 a season for my kid to play soccer, then in return, I should get a $4,000 scholarship somewhere. It just doesn't work that way. And um, I, I think the lessons that our kids are learning by being involved in sports and the travel and the 
the teamwork um, that that's going to benefit in the end. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning that wholeheartedly right now, having a junior and a senior in high school and realizing it may not work out for one of them or two of them, or maybe it will. It's, <laughs> it's a gamble. And, and I tell my own children all the time, look, I'm going to bet on you. You guys are my kids. I'm going to bet on you that it's going to work out. So let's keep fighting. Absolutely. And, and it, it, your ROI, like you said, it's that time spent with them, the, the enjoyment yeah, they true. get, the lessons learned for sure. Uh, as I know it on, on the 13 hour slog, my daughter and I had on our way back from Greensboro checking out school. So I hear you. Yeah, man. It's, it's good awesome. Stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Can't beat it. Well, Hey man, thank you so much. Wish you the best of luck in the fall and, let me know when you're down for the ECNL events here in Brainerd. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm sure we, I went down to my son and went down yeah. to my daughter. So, yeah, yeah. we're down me, that way all the time, Lakewood Ranch and yeah. Sam. Well, give me a shout because uh, okay. I'm here in Lakewood Ranch, man. All right. All right, brother. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. See you, Take man. Care. Bye. All right. Ciao.